So is narcissism, is it genetic? Is it nature or nurture? Can narcissism be treated by medication or does it work to bring the narcissist into therapy? And does the narcissist really not know what they're doing? Or what's the best way for me to fill in the blank? Talk to the narcissist, confront the narcissist. Is it better for me to stay in the relationship for the sake of the kids or am I actually doing more damage than good? And what is complex post-traumatic stress disorder? And is being in my relationship with a narcissist or somebody with extreme narcissistic traits or tendencies or emotional immaturity, is it actually doing damage to my brain? And better yet, am I the narcissist? Hey everybody, I am Tony Overbay and welcome to the trailer, the free, the zero episode of Waking Up to Narcissism, the question and answer podcast. And yes, this is going to be an additional episode released weekly, and there will be a small monthly charge to access this premium content. Now, why? Well, it's story time. In the mid to late 2021, I released Waking Up to Narcissism, the podcast, and I had absolutely no idea how quickly the podcast would catch on and resonate with so many people. My other podcast, my bread and butter, so to speak, The Virtual Couch, had just released its 300th episode, And within just a few episodes of Waking Up to Narcissism's release, the download numbers were almost equal. It was kind of mind-blowing. But the difference was that with the virtual couch, I get plenty of email with questions or suggestions, feedback, occasionally people who feel the need to criticize my snort when I laugh. That is a true story. But with Waking Up to Narcissism, the feedback was immediate. And the emails were daily, and they were long, and they were heartfelt, and soon... There were multiple emails per day, enough that I had to hire an amazing assistant to help with the flow of the content coming in. And as a therapist, these emails were touching, they were sweet, but man, they were heartbreaking. Here we had good, good people, good men and women saying that, and these will be quotes that I'll read next. I finally have a name to what I've been experiencing over 30 years in my marriage. I finally feel seen and understood. Or I feel like you must have been hiding in a closet while my husband and I argued because everything that you shared in your recent episode was almost verbatim of what he said. Or I am in tears as I listen to your death by a thousand cuts because that exactly is the problem. I'm dying. My marriage is dying. My relationship with my children is dying due to these thousand or million little cuts that people don't understand unless they've gone through something similar. So a lot of emails. It sounds like the proverbial good problem to have, right? Well, no. Here are some of the other emails that I've received as well. My husband listened to your Am I the Narcissist episode and he actually sat and he listened and he said he could understand what you were saying when you said that the term narcissism is overused by you, host of a podcast with the word narcissism in it. But he agreed that sure, he maybe is a more emotionally immature at times, but I am too. Don't let me forget that. But now what? He said he's willing to work to save our marriage, but only if we can see you. So... I am a full-time practicing therapist with a waitlist, several podcasts, a best-selling book on addiction, online courses on marriage, parenting, addiction, and I have a family that I adore. So take that email, throw about 40 or 50 more like that in the mix, and I realize that there are so many people that need help, but there are only a finite amount of resources and good information in this space. So when I started waking up, I mentioned the creation of a private Facebook group for women in relationships with narcissistic fill-in-the-blank. And by fill-in-the-blank, that isn't code word for basically a-hole. No, that means narcissistic or emotionally immature spouses, adult children, parents, in-laws, bosses, co-workers, or entities, meaning companies, churches, institutions, because the tools and skills that you'll learn in listening to this, this premium episode, this question and answer episode, as well as my original Waking Up to Narcissism podcast it will help you in all areas of your life. 
And if you are a man in a relationship with a narcissistic fill in the blank, please reach out as well. Your group is close to forming. And if you happen to be somebody, and I get plenty of these emails as well, who is slowly but surely recognizing that you may be suffering from some pretty extreme emotional immature characteristics yourself, or I might even say narcissistic traits and tendencies, reach out as well. Any and all of you go to TonyOverbay.com and reach out through the contact form. So let me quote myself from my original Waking Up trailer. And if that doesn't sound a bit narcissistic on a podcast about narcissism, irony, anybody? But originally I shared that over the past five years, I had noticed that certain topics that I covered on the Virtual Couch podcast would literally receive thousands and thousands more downloads than others. And those were the episodes that had anything to do with narcissism. And at this point now, I've worked with well over 12, 1300 couples in couples therapy in my office. And over the years, as I work with couples, I start noticing patterns, so many patterns. And I'll throw in an unscientific bit of data here and say that maybe a thousand of those 1300 couples that you can teach them a framework of communication, something that I based my whole marriage course on. They're my four pillars of a connected conversation and learn these communication skills that had possibly never been seen or modeled growing up. I often say we just don't know what we don't know. We don't have the tools we need. But then we learn and we embrace the skills and you put them into practice and marriages become magnetic. That is a shameless plug for my Magnetic Marriage podcast and my Magnetic Marriage course. But then there's the other side of that coin. So the other, the 300 or so, where from my chair, there is just a consistent pattern of the relationship just being difficult. When one of the partners controls far too much of the narrative, where the other partner reflexively defers to the more dominant partner, and everything about that session is different, but the same. There's no real accountability. The kind spouse may be a bit more sensitive, and that is brought up as a negative. If you haven't heard of highly sensitive people, HSP, find those episodes that I've done as well, or just Google it. Google HSP and narcissism, as a matter of fact. But the more assertive spouse often lets me know that, okay, sure, now I get it, and that they didn't realize that things were as bad as they were, but they understand, great session, we're good. Aren't we good, honey? And I see the resigned look on the face of the spouse who feels like they have no voice, and they just say, yeah, okay, we're good. And it's as if they had missed their chance of being heard, you know, actually being heard, validated, possibly having somebody help them help their spouse understand what their spouse does, maybe even try to get them to self-confront how controlling they are, or so on and so on. So back to that narcissism. And I realize that there is a good chance that you've been hearing more and more about narcissism over the past few years. And you may have had the view that the narcissist is this grandiose, malicious figure out for absolute power and that they are completely aware of everything that they're doing. And if you could only explain to yourself or your situation better to them, then they would finally understand and they would take ownership of their behavior and that you could live peacefully. And that at that moment, rainbows would appear in the sky, a unicorn would traipse by, and there's a pot of gold behind the shed in that backyard. But in reality, people who have narcissistic tendencies, traits, or extreme emotional immaturity, as I've identified early on in the Waking Up to Narcissism episodes, they have more in common than we know. So some of us may wonder how or why we always leave a conversation with a parent or a spouse feeling a little bit worse, or why it can feel like it really just doesn't matter what you say or do when talking to somebody in your life, they can turn it around and make you feel like you are the crazy one. Or were you love-bombed in the beginning of your relationship? And did you feel like this was one of the most amazing people that you had ever met, only to now feel like you don't even really know this person? Or even worse yet, have you lost who you are or your own sense of self? Because you feel like you spend so much time and emotional calories and energy trying to navigate the relationship, buffer for the kids, make sure that people aren't mad at your spouse. Because if they're mad and your spouse is angry, then everybody's going to pay the price. 
You know, does the conversation continually come back to them, even if it starts with a question about you? Do they feed off of your compliments? Can you truly offer any constructive criticism? Or do you know how that's going to play out? Do they put others down in order to lift themselves up? Do they lack empathy? Do you often find yourself feeling unseen, not understood? Are you regularly told things to you about you, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you don't realize that are completely false? And are you constantly being put down or teased? And if they go too far, were they just kidding? Or you were just being too sensitive, just get over it. Do they gaslight you? Meaning, do you no longer feel like you are yourself or know who you are? Do you constantly find yourself apologizing for things? Do you feel often like everything you do around them is wrong? Do you often have to try and frame your response to your partner to try and keep the peace? And do you often wonder if you're being too shy or sensitive, or are you more anxious and less confident than you used to be? Do you find yourself making excuses for your partner's behavior? And do you start to feel more isolated from your own friends and family? One of the biggest problems I've seen is that people who aren't in these types of relationships often only see the kind side of the narcissist or the emotionally immature. So when you do try and express yourself, you may often get met with the, yeah, it could be worse though. Or there's two sides to every story. So you stop sharing details. So here we go. Let me share this one again. Take this example. This is one of the hundreds of examples that listeners have sent me. Here goes. I came home from work one evening a little early only to find my husband home as well. First off, I had texted him to tell him that I'd be home a little early. That's because if I don't, then he gets mad at me. But when I ask the same of him, he gets mad at me because his schedule is all over the place, which it's not. I've literally tracked his schedule long ago to show him that, no, honey, see, it's really not. So if you're going to be home first, maybe you could start dinner. But it isn't that simple because that too is complicated. What we're having for dinner is always on me, even though he says he doesn't care. But when I make about 90% of the things I do, he tells me what he doesn't like about what I make. And he gets the kids on his side. So on this particular day where I text him and he doesn't respond. So again, I don't know. I didn't know he was home. I walk in and he's making dinner. Sounds simple, right? You might just think, you know, tell him thank you. But it's not that easy. If I say, hey, I really appreciate you starting dinner, he may and has in the past say, well, you act like I never cook. As a matter of fact, I seriously can't believe that you said it like that. Can't you just come in and start helping? But I know that one too, because I have come in and I've started helping before and he's told me, oh, you don't think that I can do this on my own? Are there other times where I come in and he started dinner and he says, you've had a rough week, sit down, I'll cook you dinner. Where other times I hear, it's about time, I feel like I'm a single parent in this marriage, which is something that I've thought to myself so many times. Okay, Tony, is this gaslighting? Am I the one who's crazy? I'm not going to bring this up to him because I have no clue how it will turn out. So which version of him am I going to get? The one who dotes on me, wants to spend money on everybody and everything, or the one who seems repulsed by me, who constantly lets me know that I'm spending his money? So I'm constantly on edge when I hear his car pull up in the driveway. I feel my heart rate rise, and I find myself worrying about whether or not the house is picked up enough, the kids are where they're supposed to be. I feel like I'm losing my mind. So back to the Why a Premium podcast. Why pay? Well, because in these episodes, I'm going to take the now well over 100 single-spaced Google document pages of questions, and I'm going to go deep into the answers. I want to be as real and honest as I can about what you're looking at, what you're dealing with in your relationship. I want additional questions. Please submit them through my website, tonyoverbay.com slash contact. And eventually, I would love to make these episodes live each week for subscribers so you can comment in real time. And how about that money? You know, what is it going to be used for? So a large portion of it will be used to fund a new nonprofit that I've started, the proceeds of which will be used to help people in need of helping navigate narcissistic relationships, help with therapy, legal costs, and depending on the success of the nonprofit, hopefully holding retreats, providing educational information, and bringing in experts to events all in the name of helping those who have been on the unfortunate side of the relationship with an emotionally immature 
or narcissistic individual, not fully understanding that they have spent years, if not decades, trying to manage another person's insecurities and anxieties and overall happiness. And in the process, they've probably lost their own sense of self. So regardless of where you are on that journey, it's not too late to regain your life, find your sense of self, and let your own light so shine that you can be a beacon to those around you who you have up to this point been doing all you can just probably simply to protect. But now it's time for you to grow for yourself. And then eventually, so you can help liberate those around you who have also been negatively impacted by an extremely emotionally immature or narcissistic person. So finally, my entire platform, I don't know, call it a brand, has been built on the fact that people don't wake up and realize that they are in these horrific relationships. It happens gradually over time to people who mean well, who are pathologically kind people whose superpower of kindness and compassion is used against them. So what I like to often say is that people start to realize that there may be some narcissistic components in their partner, in their relationship. And they may find information and that, in essence, this information says, drop everything. Don't even finish this article. Leave. Trust me. But relationships and life aren't that easy. There are a lot of variables, a lot of moving parts and pieces. And chances are you still want to see if you can fix this relationship. So I'll meet you right there. And hopefully through the questions and answers given on this episode, along with the stories and content on the free version of Waking Up to Narcissism, you'll be able to have all the information and support you need to begin to move toward clarity. I highly recommend that you also seek the help of a professional, but it is imperative that the professional that you seek help from is somebody who is well-versed in personality disorders or who is familiar with the emotional immaturity or attachment styles and narcissistic traits and tendencies. And look for support, support in groups. Don't isolate yourself. My private women's Facebook group is one example. Reach out if you're interested in joining or if, again, if you're a male in a relationship with a narcissistic woman, let me know as well. Those groups will be forming soon and if you are somebody who is feeling unusually uncomfortable as you listen to these episodes, let me know. I can say as a former recovering emotionally immature individual with narcissistic traits and tendencies, there is a tremendous, great, wonderful power, strength, growth, and empathy and love to be learned. And just trust me when I say that there's a good chance that you don't know what you don't know. And there is no time like the present to start learning more so that you can help enrich your life and lift others around you. So subscribe, spread the word, send in your own questions. Please go to TonyOverbay.com slash contact and sign up for my newsletter and send me those questions that you have. And before I let you go, I'll buzz through my five rules of interacting with a narcissist. We'll use these early. We'll use them often when answering these questions. And those five rules are raise your emotional baseline, self-care. You have to be able to take care of yourself. And we talk about that in detail. You need to be in as good of a position as possible to deal with the inevitable challenges that come when interacting with a narcissist. Self-care is absolutely not selfish, and it doesn't mean you just have to go run a marathon. It can mean you're allowed to start dreaming, to start believing, reading, start researching. Too often, somebody who's in a relationship with a narcissist has neglected their self-care, but it is absolutely necessary. Get your PhD in gaslighting. It's number two. Simply put, gaslighting is a type of manipulation where the manipulator, in this case the narcissist or the emotionally immature individual, is trying to get somebody or a group of people to question their own memory, perception, or reality And over time, gaslighting can have extremely negative effects. One study showed that in emotionally abusive and manipulative relationships, over time, brain scans of the abused show an enlarged amygdala, the fight, flight, or freeze portion of the brain, and a shrunken hippocampus, the area of the brain associated with short-term memory. So gaslighting is a very serious problem in relationships. Number three, disengage from unproductive conversations. When you recognize that that gaslighting is occurring, or that the narcissist is not taking ownership or accountability of their actions, it's time to drop the rope of the tug-of-war in the conversation. Stop trying to convince the person that they're wrong or that you're not crazy. 
the conversation is not going to be resolved in a satisfactory way, which will lead to number four, learn to set healthy boundaries. Using the gaslighting example, when you recognize gaslighting, not only do you disengage, but you let the person know or you resolve in your own mind to leave that situation and then do your best to be consistent with the behavior. And if you have set a boundary that you're not going to keep talking about finances with an emotionally abusive co-parent, then when they bring it up, either do not respond or let them know that you will be copying and pasting the same response of I've already expressed to you that I will not be having a conversation about finances outside of our attorney's office. And please know that a boundary when set toward a narcissist or an emotionally mature person, that in essence, a boundary just becomes a challenge. And so just know that just because you set the boundary doesn't mean the person's going to respect the boundary. Number five, stop trying to find the right thing to say. Realize that there's nothing that you, that you can say or do that will cause the narcissist to have the aha moment or the epiphany. Nothing that you will say will get them to change. It's something that they have to get to on their own. It sounds harsh, but those who are in relationships or who have been in relationships with narcissistic people or extremely emotionally immature people know all too well that when they begin to step away from the relationship, that even when the narcissist appeared to, quote, get it, it's only temporary or it's simply to get out of a conversation that they do not feel that they have control over. A narcissist hates discomfort. We all do, but the narcissist needs to get control in that moment. They need to take that one-up position. Or you're going to discover that there's an angle that will come to light either in the moment or at a later date when they appear to, quote, get it. You know, I once had a client who was a professional photographer and she'd asked her husband about getting an upgraded lens for years to help her with her profession. Now, he continually either ignored her or told her that they didn't have the money, even though she was well aware of the finances and it was clear that they could afford it. So one day he approached her and he said he found some money in the budget and she needs to get that new lens. She was ecstatic, thinking that he finally heard her. He understood. And a week later, he purchased a $65,000 truck. There it was. There's the angle. So sign up for the premium podcast. Give me your questions and know that that money is going to go to good use to help people. That's going to help grow this narcissism awareness. And it's going to help people get the help that they need. So send me your questions, sign up, subscribe, spread the word. And hopefully I will continue to see you on the Waking Up to Narcissism question and answer podcast.